Hello, welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 118, and we are starting our new series going through the story of Scripture. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So we're finally starting this. Feels like it's been forever. We've been working on it for months and we haven't said much about it Mm -hmm. on social media or even, I don't think we even teased it on the end of the podcast um, series for Advent because we just haven't. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like we've kind of had our head down, like focused on getting the material ready, but I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited too. So hopefully you got to hear the little teaser that came out earlier this week, but if you did not, we're going to start a 12 week series going through the whole story of scripture. I've had so many conversations recently with people who are like, oh, I didn't know that fit into that Mm -hmm. part of scripture. This happened before that. And, and, um, obviously the main thing we need to know and believe is the gospel Mm -hmm. and the good news of Jesus Christ. But placing that in the whole story of scripture is something that Casey and I are really excited to kind of just journey with you guys through. Yeah, exactly. Journey with you through because Mm -hmm. we're still learning and we'll always be learning the the story of scripture. But as we have um, gained a better grasp on the story as a whole, I feel like it's made my walk and my, um, just my study of scripture so much more deep and so mm-hmm. much more rich. Mm-hmm. And so we desire that for you too. And so we're excited to come alongside you in this journey. If you haven't already, be sure to go to our website, adornministries.com slash resources and print a free, our free, um, pretty, PDF? PDF. It's pretty and it's, it's a PDF. PDF. So PDF. that it's works. It's printable, all the P's. <laughs> and you'll see we have a lot of P's in this series too. <laughs> um, but go and download it and print it. It's free and it's going to help. It's kind of like a listening guide mm-hmm. each week as mm-hmm. you listen to the podcast. It'll help um, just help you organize your thoughts and you can take notes. There's a timeline for each section on the top, which I'm super excited mm-hmm. about. If you're a visual learner like I am, it's going to just help you put this story into perspective on where it is in, in history. Yeah. Um, so print that resource and we hope that it's helpful to you. We designed it so it doesn't take up a whole lot of your ink. Yeah. Like a lot of thought went into this and it's already been helpful to me and I, I pray that it's helpful to you too. So yes. Why is this so important? Why is it important for us to study the story of scripture as a whole? That's a great question. I think there's a lot of a lot of different reasons, but all of us are living in some story. We have some aim, we have some story that we've been told that we've bought into. Maybe it's the American dream. Maybe it's um, your past has kind of shaped your story and your trajectory of your life. But we want to come to scripture and place ourselves in God's story. Instead of reading scripture and trying to apply it to our Mm -hmm. own story, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead of going to scripture, which we've said many times on here, instead of going to scripture looking for Mm ourselves, we need to go to scripture and look for who God is. And then in light of that, what we're called to be and what we're called to do. And so kind of understanding the whole story of scripture helps us to do that helps us to not come to scripture and, and take a verse and say, okay, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. (laughs) I'm going to go win this football game, whatever it is, you know, 
but instead to to see passages in light of the whole text. Right. And that can feel very overwhelming. I mean, it's a big book. I'm looking at it right in front of me right now. It can feel very overwhelming. It can feel very confusing. There's parts as we walk through this series where Casey and I are like, <laughs> what do we do with that? Yeah. So it, it's, it can feel very overwhelming. But our hope in this series is to help you be able to come to your scriptures feeling equipped, feeling mm-hmm. yes. like you can engage and understand who God is and who he's revealed himself to be in his word and how that's part of one big story. Casey and I were both raised in the church. And so I we would both say we knew, you know, we know about the Tower of Babel. We know about Noah. But honestly, I didn't know what order they went in. I didn't understand how one was connected connected to another. I didn't see how the Tower of Babel points us to the cross of Christ. I didn't, I I wasn't able to make those connections. And and so our hope is that seeing the scripture as one story helps us to make those connections and helps us to see that it all points to Jesus. It leads up to Jesus. It points from Jesus. It points to new creation. It points to what we are to do in light of all of that. And so there's so much more we could talk about on this, but hopefully that just gets you a little bit excited about about the story of scripture. Mm-hmm. What, else, what else do you think? So I think about like, and this isn't going to be the perfect example. I know it's going to break down somewhere. They all do. But <laughs> but I think about like the Chronicles of Narnia mm-hmm. and how um, the Bible, as we're going to talk about here in a, in a few minutes, it's a collection of books. So like if you think about the Chronicles of Narnia as a whole, it's a collection of books, right? Mm-hmm. And you can jump into any one of those books like we did when we went camping with y'all. Yeah. Taylor was in the middle of reading, I think, Prince Caspian. We're, we're on book six now, Taylor and reads it every yeah, night yeah. with voices. With the girls. With Taylor, the voices. It's amazing. Yes. The girls, we're reading it right now. And the girls are like, Daddy, don't even try. You can't do as good as Mr. Taylor. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so, that's funny. so funny. But we went camping and he yeah. was in the middle of one of the middle books. Mm-hmm. And so we picked up and the girls loved it. Like you you can kind of get to know the characters pretty mm-hmm. quickly. You kind of understand what's going on. But you don't have the full picture as you would if you start at the very beginning Mm -hmm. and you really get to know the characters and you really understand. Mm -hmm. And then you walk through the whole series and it's one of those that you go back and you probably read again. Well, the next Mm -hmm. time you read it, you understand even more because then you have the whole scope of the story and you know what happens at the end and you know what happens, you know, in the middle. And so that's like the story of scripture. When you go through it chronologically, when you understand the story, as a whole, then you can pick up in Acts or Malachi or yeah. Isaiah or mm-hmm. wherever. And Maybe you don't have pick a up in Isaiah <laughs> if you haven't read. <laughs> Isaiah is so hard. But if you know, do the pick whole up in Isaiah. Of All of Bible is is God breathing, right? Good. Right. But maybe if you don't know the whole story of Scripture, yeah. picking up it could be very very, very confusing. Yes. But once you know the whole story of Scripture, you're able to pick yes, up in yes. one of those prophets, and yes. you're not like, what in the world's going on? You. you <laughs> understand a lot better yeah and so now that we're reading from the beginning in the chronicles of narnia like i'm like oh prince caspian made a Mm -hmm. whole lot more sense and Mm -hmm. that's that's very much how the bible is too yeah i think we've used that same example with a toy story yeah you start in toy story 2 you're like oh buzz and woody are best friends and you're like you missed the whole part where they hated each other (laughs) like you don't understand their friendship and so i feel like i i feel like that's that's exactly that's a very good point and i think like One of our focuses, and we'll talk about this more as we get into how we're laying out this study, is that 
Jesus says about himself, he says, in the beginning, with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them that all the scriptures were concerning himself. Right. And right. so for us to say, oh, we'll just pick up with the New Testament, because that's all that really matters is once Jesus comes. Mm-hmm. Jesus is like, no, 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 hold no, up. Like no. Jesus says himself, like, all of this, all yeah. of this is pointing to me. Right. And so it's important for us to know all of it. Right. So I think another thing, we're talking about this book called the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why do we believe the Bible? What is the what is the Bible and why do we believe it? So the Bible, there's a really, really, really good sermon that we've referred to before mm-hmm. and I've watched, I don't even know how many times now, but it's a Vody Bauckham sermon and we will definitely link it. Um, but he talks about this. He talks about, it's kind of like an apologetic sermon. He talks about why we can mm-hmm. believe the Bible, why it's true. Um, and he starts off by saying it's 66 books written on three different continents by more than 40 authors over a period of about 1500 years. So that's what the Bible is. But why, why do we believe it? We can say it changed our life. Sure. But, um, so, and so down the street can say that good can of Dr. Pepper changed their <laughs> life. Like, you know, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that doesn't necessarily hold um as much weight as much weight Mm -hmm. so he says it is a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses they report supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies and claimed that their writings were divine rather than human in origin Mm -hmm. so that's a lot to break down but that's just um one way that we can trust that the the bible is true you've got these eyewitnesses Mm -hmm. over a certain period of time one of the things for me as i've been just reading through and really studying the story of scripture and Jonathan can tell you it's it's been funny as I've seen these like revelations like the prophecy Mm. it's just crazy like we've been studying through the Psalms and I'm like Jonathan listen listen to what David said and I'm like it's just so cool to Mm -hmm. hear him describe exactly what's gonna happen to Jesus and Mm -hmm. he had no idea it was through the empowering of the Holy Spirit but he didn't he hadn't seen this happen and so just prophecies alone that is just such a cool thing to see um and one of one of the ways that we can know that scripture is real Mm -hmm. it's real Mm -hmm. yeah i think in that in that um is it a sermon yeah yeah it's it's a a sermon sermon. yeah in that sermon he talks about um other resources that we've counted as reliable that have like way less credit right you know right so it is, I think that's, that's a really good point. If that's something that you're kind of wrestling with, like you're like, okay, you know, I know church tells me to read my Bible, but like, how do I know it's real? How do I know I can trust it? That's a really great sermon. Um, the, this is kind of a big book, but Wayne Grudem's, um, systematic theology has some really good, um, information along yeah. those same yeah. lines. Um, just kind of like the validity of scripture, oh, yeah. um, yeah. and how we can trust that mm-hmm. it is reliable and inerrant mm-hmm. and, and true. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Good. And I mean, scripture says it itself. It right. says, you know, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So, I mean, scripture itself claims that, but right. you have to believe that scripture is true right. to believe that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. um, but I've seen a lot of people questioning that lately. Mm. Like I saw this Instagram post going around that says the Bible is not inspired by God. It is what? not infallible. It is not inerrant. Yeah, almost. This is why I'm not on Instagram <laughs> right now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my word! If your church is teaching that, please, like, 
question that. Yeah. <laughs> because that we we it's believe dangerous. the Bible is yeah. is God's word. It is his if you holy can't word. stand on that, what are you standing right, on? Right, exactly. Okay, that's gonna be a tangent. Let's let's stop that. Okay. So <laughs> moving on, how how is this series gonna be set up and why are we doing it this specific way? Yeah. So this has been done many times and done very well by very educated people. Um, it's sometimes called biblical theology. It often will take one thread, maybe covenants mm-hmm. or um, yeah. the temple, or it'll pick um, maybe one theme and trace it throughout the whole story of scripture. Um, there are some studies that are, you know, called story of scripture, like, mm-hmm. like we're calling it. Um, and so it's been done many ways. Each one kind of has its own, particular lens that it's viewing it through. And some of them are quite scholarly. Some of them are very pastoral. And so we wanted to kind of create a resource for you guys um, that is very accessible, Mm -hmm. but also very informative. I mean, we're not watering anything down. We're not skipping over the hard stuff. We're going to really tackle so that you feel very equipped at the end of this. Mm -hmm. And in a way that just like we always do, we're going to, we're going to give you a little, and we're going to hope that you grab on and you keep going. There's no way that we could cover everything. And that was part of the hardest thing in preparing this. (laughs) I was like, well, I really want to talk about this person. And I want to talk about this person. And I want to talk about this person. We're like, we have to kind of rein it in. But our hope is that we kind of give you little teasers and that the Holy Spirit will ignite something Mm -hmm. in you where you want to then study that particular part more. So maybe you could give a little breakdown to what each episode would be like. Yeah. So we decided that we're going to focus on people, places, and promises. Told you there's going to be a lot of Good old Baptist girl right there. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Three points and they all start with the same letter. Okay. So, um, but this actually, we kind of got this idea from a book that Aaron has. Um, It's by Vaughn Roberts, right? Yep. Um, Called, what's it called? The Big something it's God's big picture God's big picture and um we've got a lot of really good information from that um but people because God God's people and people in the Bible are important to him mm-hmm. like you when you're reading through you see all of the genealogy you mm-hmm. see all the names like people are very very important to God mm-hmm. And so if they're important, we figured we better study them. Yeah. One of the ways we figured out what people we kind of wanted to focus on is um, we went through the lineage of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we were originally going to mark that on your timeline. And um, we ended up not doing that. But we went through to see, like, what people are in Jesus's lineage, like, um, in the family, the family tree of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of one of the ways we figured out who we really wanted to focus on, because that's very, very important. Um. The second thing we're going to look at are places. Once again, places are talked about in the Bible because they're important to God. The other thing that places can do for us is to remind us that the story of scripture is real. These are real places. They're real places. And so when you look at these places in relation to where it is like in modern day, and when you look at it on the map, Mm -hmm. then it makes it even more real. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not do well in geography. almost said geometry, geometry, (laughs) either geography in school. And so over the past few years with my kids, as I've been learning geography, I've learned so much. So we can learn geography together on this podcast because it's something that's easy to just kind of like, oh, that's somewhere over there in the Middle East, but to really like look at Mm -hmm. it. um, And it's cool because Jonathan went on a 
like a journeys of Paul trip in college. And so every now and then I'll have him pull out his pictures. I'm like, will you pull out your pictures like from Ephesus so I can see, so I can like picture Mm -hmm. what it looks like. And so things like that, or I've even like Google places just to get like, to wrap my head around the fact that it's real. Mm -hmm. It's a real place. So I think that's important to remember, especially when we're thinking like Aaron was talking about, about how we are living in this story. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, we are part of this story. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last thing we're going to focus on are promises. And this kind of encompasses several different things. It, um, a lot of people like Aaron said, will kind of follow covenants through the story of scripture. So promises definitely encompasses covenants. And we want to talk about that because that's important. Um, but then promises are also God's character because Mm -hmm. he is never changing. And so what he was, what he promised to be at the beginning of creation is what Mm -hmm. he promises to be now. So each time we see God's character, that's a promise Mm -hmm. made to his people that he will always be that. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. I, I, I love the simplicity and the clarity of people, places, promises. Um, I'm, I'm just excited. I'm so excited to see what God's going to do with this. Yeah. And I, yeah. I hope that I think in each of those three things, there's going to be one that you're going to be really excited about. Like, mm-hmm. you're gonna be like yeah. oh, I've never really thought about the places before. Oh, yeah. Or like, yeah. I'm excited to see how the people like that I've learned about, but how do they, you know, kind of point us to Christ and, mm-hmm. and, oh, I'm excited to look at the promises. And so I think there's something, there's something for everybody. And you might go into it thinking, I'm excited to learn about the promises. And then you get really excited about the places. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. just, you don't know, yep. you don't know what God's going to do. Yep. So now what we're going to do is we've created, um, our version of the story of scripture. It's a paragraph for each episode that we're going to do. And so what we thought we would do is we'd kind of read our summary of the story of scripture. So we're going to read it as kind of, kind of think of it like a book, like Mm -hmm. chapters. So each chapter, if you will, is going to have its title and it always starts with God. Mm -hmm. So each chapter has its title. And then the paragraph that's following that is summarizing that specific part of scripture And so each chapter is going to then be an episode that comes out in the next 12 weeks. Right. Right. And we'll take, yeah. yeah. And we'll take that paragraph that you're about to hear for each chapter and we will zoom in. We will go into further detail. Like Aaron said earlier, we can't hit all the details, especially when you get into like the Kings and prophets and stuff. It's like, ah, so much. Um, but we will try to zoom in and get some of the, um, kind of the highlights, Mm -hmm. um, of each, of each section. So if you're using the listener guide and if you turn to that first page that says introduction after the timeline, there there's a place in here for you to fill in the chapter titles, if you will. Um, the first ones are done for you as an example. And then there's also a place for you to write your own summary of the story of scripture. So you can kind of listen to this and then kind of base yours off of that. Yeah. So buckle up. Here, here we, we go. go. God's story begins. God existed in Trinity. God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy Spirit in perfect glory, love, and community. Out of an overflow of this love and glory, the triune God creates the world and everything in it and says it is good. God creates ex nihilo, meaning out of nothing. The pinnacle of creation is mankind. God first forms Adam from the dust and breathes life into him. He says it is not good for man to be alone, so he creates Eve, a helper for man, out of Adam's rib. God creates mankind, both Adam and Eve, in the imago Dei, meaning in his image. God gives Adam and Eve the job 
job of being his representatives and tells them to be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over the earth. There is harmony, community, and love as God dwells with, dwells with his people in the garden. He provides more than Adam and Eve could ever need and only forbids them from eating fruit of one tree. God's people rebel the fall. Satan, in the form of a serpent, twists God's word and makes Adam makes Eve doubt God's goodness. Eve sees the fruit, desires it, and eats it. She chooses her own way instead of God's way. This is going to be a theme that we see throughout the story. Adam joins in in this sin with Eve. Adam and Eve choose to rival God instead of be his representatives. Once they sin, we still see the faithfulness, mercy, and holiness of God. We see God's faithfulness and mercy when he provides a covering for their shame and And then we see his holiness when he requires them to leave the garden. God puts a curse on the serpent and we see the first glimpse of the gospel. God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Adam and Eve have children and this pattern of sin continues. Adam and Eve's son Cain kills his brother Abel. People continue to sin more and more until God is so heartbroken that he floods the earth, sparing Noah and his family and a lot of animals. <laughs> Even after the flood, this sin continues to wreak havoc and people continue to choose their ways instead of God's. They decide to try to make a name for themselves by building the Tower of Babel. God calls a family, patriarchs. A shift happens and we zoom in on one man and his family, Abram. When God calls Abram to leave his home to go to a lamb that he would show him, he does. God makes a covenant with Abraham and he is obedient a lot, but there are also times when he chooses his own ways instead of God's. We see this when Abraham has a son named Ishmael with his wife's servant, Hagar. Later, God graciously gives him and his wife, Sarah, a son named Isaac. God tests Abraham by asking him to sacrifice Isaac. He is obedient, but God ultimately provides a ram for the sacrifice in Isaac's place. Isaac marries Rebekah and they have twins named Jacob and Esau. Jacob means deceiver and he lives up to his name. One night, Jacob wrestles with God and his name is changed to Israel. Jacob has 12 sons, which are the 12 tribes of Israel. His favorite of which is Joseph. After Joseph, after Joseph's brothers sell him to slavery, he has a lot of ups and downs in his life, but God gives him the gift of interpreting dreams and Pharaoh makes him second in command over Egypt. Joseph's brothers come to him asking for food because of famine in the land. They don't know it's Joseph and he forgives them and takes care of them. The Israelites lived in Egypt and became slaves to the Egyptians. God calls a nation the Exodus. After almost 400 years in Egypt in terrible slavery, Moses is born. Because of a horrible decree, he is supposed to be killed, but God's sovereignty is a beautiful thing. He is put in a basket in the Nile River, and the princess finds him. When Moses grows up, God calls him to be the one who to lead the exodus of God's people out of slavery and to the promised land. Moses doesn't think he can do it, but God helps him and sends plagues and leads his people out of Egypt and across the Red Sea on dry land. After the Exodus, God gives Moses the law, including the Ten Commandments, which point to the gospel by showing us our need for a Savior. God's people, Israel, flip back and forth between choosing their own ways and choosing to trust God's ways. Ultimately, they have to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. During this time, God continues to provide for them. Moses raises up a leader named Joshua. Joshua leads God's people at the Battle of Jericho and into the Promised Land. God is faithful even when his people are not, Judges and Ruth. 
After Joshua's death, the people of Israel turned from the Lord and began to worship idols. During this time, God raises up judges to govern over the land and to deliver Israel from its enemies. Some of these judges, such as Deborah and Gideon, are great leaders, while others are not. During this time, there is a cycle of God blessing his people, the prosperity of God's people, the rebellion of God's people, God's wrath against his people, the repentance of God's people, God offering his people forgiveness, and God blessing his people once again. The the book of Ruth zooms in on one specific family living during the time of the judges, Naomi and her daughter-in-law Ruth. When Boaz agrees to marry Ruth and redeem her family, the author, through the empowering of the Holy Spirit, is pointing us to our true Redeemer, Jesus Christ. God promises the true and everlasting king is coming, kings and prophets. Ruth ends by showing us the next three generations, Obed, Jesse, and David. But we pick up with Eli, who trains up Samuel as a judge. As Samuel ages, the Israelites demand a king so they can be like all the other nations. God tells Samuel to give them a king, but to warn them. God shows Samuel that Saul is to be the first king. Even though he was chosen by God, Saul is not a faithful leader. He becomes proud and disobedient and chooses his own ways instead of God's. Therefore, God rejects him as the king. When God chooses David, the son of Jesse, to be the next king, God is reminding his people that it's not outward appearance, but the heart that matters to him. David trusts the Lord and defeats Goliath, but Saul is envious of David and tries to kill him. God makes a covenant with David. David is a good king, but often chooses his own ways and leads to sin. His son Solomon is also a good king and even builds the temple, but he then also chooses his own ways instead of God's. These kings show us that we need a true and better king. During the reign of these as well as future kings, God sends prophets such as Isaiah and Jeremiah to remind the people to turn from their sin and trust that a true and better king is coming. God is faithful and will keep his promises. God cares about the heart of his people, wisdom literature. In the middle of the Old Testament are the books of Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. These books, written by people such as David and Solomon, have been labeled as wisdom literature and are included in the story of scripture to remind us that God not only cares about our minds and our actions, but our hearts as well. They help us understand that the people of God's story are very similar to us in the way they feel and express their emotions while going through the ups and downs of life. Wisdom literature gives us language to use in times of joy, sorrow, weariness, thanksgiving, and more. These books, much like the rest of scripture, help us to reflect on the faithfulness of God in the past, present, and future. God dwells with his people, the Gospels. After 400 long years of silence and waiting, the Messiah arrives, born of a virgin in the most humble way. Everything that the Old Testament was building towards is finally here. As a tiny baby, God enters into his creation to dwell with his people again. He comes to seek and save the lost. He comes to redeem his people. He does this by living a perfect life, dying in our place, paying the debt of our sins so that we can be reconciled back to our holy and righteous creator. This is the pinnacle of the story. Because remember, this is God's redemptive story. And this is how God redeems us. God shows us the way. 
Acts and the Epistles. The book of Acts begins with the ascension of Jesus. He tells the people that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Just as Jesus had promised, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. More and more people begin to put their faith in the Lord, and this is the beginning of the church. Saul, a.k.a. Paul, a persecutor of Christians, is converted when he encounters Jesus on the road to Damascus. Paul falls in love with Jesus and spends his life spreading the good news of the gospel. During his multiple missionary journeys, Paul plants churches and writes the letters or epistles that now comprom- that now comprise a big portion of the New Testament. In his letters, Paul is instructing the church on basic doctrine, reminding them of the gospel and what it looks like to live for Christ. The New Testament also consists of other epistles such as those written by Jesus's disciples Peter, James, and John. God makes all things new. Consummation. The story ends with a vision God gives to John about the second coming of Jesus and new creation. God shows John many things about what is going to happen in the future. He shows him that there is coming judgment for those who do not follow Jesus, and there is new creation for those who do. He urges believers to stay strong, and ultimately he reminds all of us that death will be defeated once and for all, And that in this new creation, there will be no more sadness, no more sorrow, and no more sin. Until then, we are left in the already and the not yet, but longing for God's promises of making all things new. This is a good story. This is God's story. Boom. There you have it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's our version of the story of scripture. Come back we'll next week as, as we, we start talking about the beginning of God's story, creation. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cox. 